Thus, sitting with this gospel that we heard over the last couple of days, there's a particular line that, that's kind of stuck out to me. And hearing it today, it, it continues to stick out to me. If you think back over the last couple of weeks, remember the last couple of weeks at Mass, we were at the Last Supper. Jesus was, was preaching to his, his apostles right before he gave himself in his, body, in his body and blood, before he was arrested and crucified. And he encouraged them with things like, I'm not going to leave you orphans. I'm going to come to you. I'm going to give you the advocate. I'm going to send you the Spirit to dwell with you, to prepare them for what would come next. Passion, death, that period of darkness where the apostles, I would imagine, questioned all the things that Jesus had just told them. Then three days later, he rose from the dead. And for 40 days after that resurrection from the dead, these 40 days that we've been marking since Easter... Jesus continued to be with them, work all kinds of miracles. The Gospels say that, that, that the, the world couldn't hold all the books that would be written if everything that Jesus had done in those 40 days were written down. Jesus said more in those days than he did, I guess, in the three years of his life. And then we get to this point today in the Gospel where Jesus, his, he's with his apostles in Galilee. He gives, us, he gives them this mission to go, to make disciples, to baptize. And he says, I'm with you always till the end of the age. And then he goes up and leaves them. And in that moment, the apostles are hearing these things, they're experiencing this, and Matthew points out a very important detail. He says that they worshipped him, but they doubted. They worshipped him, even, but even though all the things that they had just experienced over the last three years, the last passion, death, and resurrection, and over the last 40 days, Despite all of that, they worshipped him, but they doubted. I imagine that they asked that question, you just said you weren't going to leave us. Why did you leave us? And over those days, waiting until Pentecost, I think that question lingered. Why did he have to leave? I thought he said he was going to be with us always. Nothing seems to be happening, Jesus. What, what gives? Why, why did you have to go? Why did that have to happen? Thinking about that separation the apostles experienced from Jesus in those days reminds me of the exile that we hear so frequently about in Lent. That period when the people of Israel were separated from, from their homeland, from their temple, from their worship, their way of life. They were separated from that. And especially in these days that the exile kind of rings home for us because in a real sense we're separated from our normal way of life. And although there's the beginnings of coming back, there's still that feeling of longing. There's still that separation that's still very much present. And so it's easy to let that doubt creep in. Why did you have to go? Why did all this have to happen? It's easy to doubt when we're in these moments of separation. And notice, I think it's so, so important that Matthew points out that even though, he, he, no, he points out that even though the apostles doubt, they still worship. Even though they still have questions, they still have fears maybe, longings, doubts, whatever it is, they have that, but they still worship. And I take a lot of comfort in that, because I think what Matthew's trying to tell us, in a sense he's given us permission to worship. worship permission to doubt, rather. That we don't have to come here to worship, we don't have to be in a relationship with God with everything figured out. Or we don't have to at least pretend like we have everything figured out. Because no one really has everything figured out. That we can have these doubts, these questions, these, these struggles, 
and still bring that to our, my relationship with the Lord. I can still worship him. I can still give myself to him with those doubts. Which is actually, I think, Matthew's trying to point out what we should do. Because I'm bringing these longings of my heart to the one who I know is going to be able to answer them. That's the whole point of why Jesus went to, through this Ascension and Pentecost movement. It's to take our human nature, to take all these struggles, these doubts, these vulnerabilities, up with him into heaven, and from there bring divine life back down to us in the person of the Holy Spirit who dwells in our hearts. This whole Pentecost Ascension movement is to bring everything of who we are into union with God forever in a way that can never be separated. And it's easy to ask the question, why does it have to be that way? Why do I have to struggle? And when I'm struggling, why do I even have to give that to the Lord? Why can't I just stay where I'm at? Why can't I just listen to the doubts? Why can't I just kind of coast along? Why do I have to give God everything, even the doubts, even the struggles? Because there's a sense in which if I give God even my doubts and struggles, then I don't have anything left. At least if I could hold on to that, that's something that I have. It almost like validates the way that I'm feeling. If I give God even that, then I don't have anything. It's very easy for those questions to come in. Why do, why do I have to do that? Because it's a hard question to answer. Oh. It's a hard question to answer. That threw me off. <laughs> I'm going to throw that under there. It's a hard question to answer. She doesn't even understand it. Because it's hard to give ourselves totally to the Lord. And it's easy to want to sit in the doubt. Why do I have to give myself? At the beginning of all this, and I know that we're, we're still in the very early stages of opening up, but as, as masses were, were suspended, uh, that the question was lingering in my mind, are people going to come back? Why, why come back? Why give myself totally? Thinking also again about the exile, the people of Israel when they were forced out of their homeland, they kind of scattered all throughout the Babylonian Empire. And when the Babylonian Empire got a new emperor with different policies and allowed the people to come back, a lot of the people did come back. They returned to Jerusalem, rebuilt the temple, and, and resumed the way of life that they had been longing for. But a lot of people stayed in the empire. They had developed a new way of life, and they never would come back to Jerusalem. They'd travel back for the feast, but they'd, they'd go back to where they were. In the time of Jesus, most of the Jews actually weren't in Jerusalem. They were scattered all throughout the Middle Eastern region. And so that question of why, why do I have to go back? Why do I have to give everything to the Lord? Why do I have to give these doubts and struggles to him? It's an important question to answer because the answer to that question demands a response. And the answer to that question can only be Jesus. Everything else is going to fail. Why do I have to give myself totally to him? Because Jesus is who he says he is. Because Jesus really is the answer to every single longing, every single desire, every single question of my heart. Because Jesus really meant it when he said, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. And it's here, in this relationship, 
in this space that Jesus fully gives himself to us, reveals himself to us, and proves all those things to be true in so many ways. And here, Jesus is going to come onto this altar, his real body and blood in the Eucharist, and comes to literally, physically unite himself to us, to become one with us. This feast is, is going to have a particular uh, importance for me personally because it was almost a year ago on this feast day that I was ordained and celebrated my first Mass here in this church. So it's a great blessing to be able to do it again one year later. And I went back and listened to the homily that Father Andre preached at that Mass and he talked about the reality of, of the priesthood and how Christ comes and comes to us in the priesthood, for me, just as much as for everybody. And real encounters with God through the sacraments, through confession, through the Mass, these real physical human encounters where God works through that and brings His grace in a very real way into our lives. Next week we're going to celebrate Pentecost, that indwelling of the Holy Spirit, that very real presence of God that always, always dwells in our hearts, that nothing can ever break or separate. All these ways that Jesus, that God, that the divine person comes to answer those questions for us. And I don't say all of these things to make it easy, because actually it makes it hard. If all these things weren't true, then I could just do what I want. I could just kind of stay back. I don't have to give everything to him. But if all of these things are true, then that demands a response of us, which is hard. And it's not going to look like, oftentimes, what we think it's going to look like. When the apostles asked Jesus in the, in the first reading, said, hey, Jesus, is this the time when you're going to bring the kingdom back? Jesus says, it's not for you to know the times and the seasons. It's for us to trust. Not worrying about the details, but trusting that God's plan is unfolding in my life. And all I have to do is, in humility and in abandonment, give everything to that trusting that in some way he's going to make it work. But that demands that giving of ourselves. The angels also asked the apostles, after Jesus went up, they were just kind of standing there, and the angels said, why, do you stand, why are you standing here just looking at the sky? We can't just stand here and observe. We have to give ourselves to that. Because that answer to that question really does decide everything. And in this Feast of the Ascension, it gives us maybe a focus to answer that question with, because it's this day when Jesus takes everything that we are, all of our humanity, and all of its brokenness and vulnerability, and brings it and unites it to God, and then brings the presence of God down to us, which we celebrate next week at Pentecost. Jesus wants to take everything up with him to the Father, so that the Father's presence can truly unite to that. I remember, I think it was sometime last semester, that Father Mitch preached a homily, and he had this phrase, what's your why? The answer to that question is something we can all reflect on. Maybe the ascension can give us a particular way. What's, what's, what's each one of our whys? And what's my response going to be to that why? Why?